Hi, welcome to the Axe Church UK weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired and blessed by today's message. Enjoy. Now, those of you who have been with uh, me uh, from uh, January, uh, the first Sunday, uh, you will know that I started on a series, 21 Truths and Thoughts uh, to get us through 2021. Or instead of just getting us through, we want to break through 2021. And so far, I've done uh, one batch which contained 13 points uh, and uh, it is the top 13 points, I should say, uh, that I wanted you to know that God wants me to tell you. And then, of course, the second batch is eight points uh, and I started on the eight points last Sunday, uh, touching on the first three points. Uh, and I will touch on two points today by the grace of God. And by the grace of God, I will see you next Sunday uh, to finish off uh, point number seven and point number, well, three points. Three more points next Sunday, six, seven, and eight. And then I'm done. And only God knows when I'll come back uh, to address you. Uh, maybe, you know, it might be uh, in a few weeks' time or maybe a few months' time. We have other really, really good preachers uh, and teachers uh, in X Church, and they uh, will be given the task uh, to bring you God's Word. Uh, but by God's grace, thank you for praying for me. God has given me strength to last till uh, this Sunday to give you the 21 truths and uh, thoughts that He has given to me. Thank you everyone for tuning in. Uh, I know sometimes the messages can be longer than usual uh, because I'm teaching and I'm wanting to make sure that you get all that you can get from the Word of the Lord. And so sometimes it goes on for about an hour, an hour, maybe 15 minutes. Uh, but uh, thank you for staying on with us and uh, persevering through. Uh, now you might uh, have been happy to know that this is my second last uh, uh, message on the series with you and uh, next Sunday is the final one and then maybe you can take a breather uh, from me <laughs> and uh, hear from other uh, really, really good preachers, okay? But uh, let me uh, say to you that uh, I, I would like to first review with you uh, the first three points very quickly now, maybe for the first seven to ten minutes, um, the first uh, three points uh, and uh, then go on into point four and five. So, the first point uh, of the second batch of eight points, the first point is the power of thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. The second point is to take authority. Okay, take authority. Number three is to talk the talk. There is a talk that God wants us to talk and there is a talk that He doesn't want us to talk. Now, I want to show you this slide because God reminded me to remind you this. And it says here on this slide, having said all that I've said, the first three points, I want us to remember that I'm not just talking about flesh and blood. I'm not talking about just, uh, you know, a man or woman, but I'm talking about principalities and powers. It's very important for you to understand that because sometimes, you know, some people can take this message, you know, especially when I talked about uh, taking authority and you thought that I'm just talking about me and you and parents and children and spouses and, you know, bosses and, and uh, employees. No, no, okay? It can apply to that as well, but I'm talking especially about principalities and powers. Uh, the next slide will say this to you. It's sad but true that the world and the kingdom of darkness understands about authority more than the church. This is just from my experience. I found that many people in the church who actually should know what authority is all about and should actually submit to authority because it's, it blesses God's heart, it makes Him happy. Uh, we, we find that many Christians struggle with authority, with this whole issue of authority. But the world doesn't struggle with it so much. When we go to work, we understand authority. When we go to school, we understand authority. When we go to university, we understand authority. When we uh, serve the army, if we are ever you know, uh, enlisted into the army, uh, uh, we know what authority is. And we know, uh, and in fact, most times we don't even have a, uh, have a problem uh, about authority or even about submitting to it. Now, some of us still do, but uh, it's very important to understand that there is authority in this world. And God even told us uh, in the Bible that we are to submit to the authority because authority comes from God. Uh, and God is also authority. And uh, the, the people who have authority are people who are living under authority to God. And, you know, the kingdom of darkness understands this as well. Uh, you know, Jesus was um, accused of uh, uh, driving out demons uh, by, uh, you know, the spirit 
of demons or uh, being the head of demons, he could drive out, uh, drive out demons. And Jesus explained that that isn't the case because a kingdom that is divided, a kingdom that is divided cannot stand. And so he says, if I cast out uh, uh, demons, you know, uh, by uh, uh, the hand of a greater demon, uh, then, you know, that kingdom will not stand. But he says, no, I cast out demons by the authority and by the power of God's finger. Uh, and uh, so I want you to understand that what we know about this is that even the kingdom of darkness understands authority more than the church sometimes. And so I, I'm not surprised that there's, a, there's two scriptures in the Bible where Paul the Apostle actually surrendered to Satan those who could not submit, submit to authority. Christians who could not submit to authority, Christians who blaspheme, Christians you know, who uh, talk bad or evil about dignitaries and about uh, leadership. You know, uh, Paul, I, I used to not understand why did Paul, why was he so bold to say, I surrendered them to Satan? I, I'm guessing this, that Satan will teach them a lesson. And, and, and because Satan knows authority and the kingdom of darkness and the demons know about authority and maybe hopefully when, we, uh, when Paul you know, surrendered some of these uh, believers to uh, Satan, it was for a lesson. It was for like a, you know, go for a class on authority because Satan is very good on teaching uh, uh, authority. Now, of course, Satan himself uh, wasn't very submissive to God, uh, but in the kingdom of darkness, what I'm trying to say is that they understand authority, the world understands authority, and uh, you know, we, we should also understand uh, how authority works. 1 Corinthians 5.5, 5, I'll give you the scripture, and 1 Timothy 1.20, you can take it down and you can read it. You know, uh, surrendered to Satan is... Um, it's a mind-boggling uh, uh, thought, a mind-boggling statement. Uh, but the Lord put it on my heart that uh, you know, uh, it, it was Paul's intention to actually save these Christians, save these believers, but they had to understand authority to be saved. Because if they didn't, and if they fight against authority, spoke evil against authority, they would be in deep, deep trouble. Uh, deep, deep trouble. Okay, now let me uh, go further into my review uh, of last Sunday. And um, let me, let me uh, just review it very quickly with you. Uh, this slide says, why should, we, why should we talk the talk? All right? Uh, and uh, we explain to you why should we talk the talk? Because death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. Proverbs 18, 21. Why, why talk the talk? Because there is power of death and life in our tongue. So that's why. What should you talk? Now, I didn't have time last week. I was really rushing. And maybe even today you can find that I'm rushing a little bit because there are a lot of notes to cover, a lot of truth uh, to share. But I'm, 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 I hope I'm being clear, even though I sound like I'm rushing a little bit. Uh, last week I was rushing, so I couldn't tell you everything. But what, what should you talk? So I'll give you a few uh, hints. And of course, there's so much more because everything that is in the Word of God is worth talking about. Amen. All the promises of God, they are yes and Amen. Uh, all the truths of God, they are worth declaring. But let me give you a few here. These are a few that I use in my life. Number one, I will say, I'm blessed with the blessing of Abraham. And I say that often because Abraham was so blessed. He was blessed in his health all the way till his dying day. He was blessed in his wealth. He was the richest man in his time. Uh, Abraham was a blessed man. He had faith and, uh, you know, God called him his friend. So I too, I am blessed with the blessing of Abraham because of what Jesus had done for me on the cross of Calvary. So whenever I feel a pain or a discomfort in my body, I will say, I'm blessed. I confess it. I'm blessed with the blessing of Abraham. Number two, uh, when I feel a pain or discomfort in my body, um, I will say, by the, the stripes of Jesus, I have been healed. Or another translation will say, I am whole. And so even though I might feel pain and discomfort, I will speak that and declare that by His stripe, I am already healed. Amen. I also say this, I plead the power of the blood of Jesus. I, I pray this prayer every day. 
I pray this prayer for my leaders. I pray this prayer for the partners of X Church. I plead the power of the blood of Jesus over my life, my wife, our marriage, our home, our family, our health, our wealth, every family in X Church, every child, every teenager, every campus student, every young working adult, every adult, every marriage, home and family, every business, every ministry. You know, I know it by heart now because I pray this every single day. I plead the power. And how many of you know there is power in the blood of the Lamb? Amen. To cover us so that no weapon formed against us shall prosper and there is power in the blood of the Lamb to cleanse us from all sin and sickness. I also say this, no weapon formed against us shall prosper. Amen. No weapon formed against us shall prosper. I also use this one. He gives His angels charge over me. Amen. So sometimes when I'm feeling a bit nervous, feeling a bit scared, feeling like, you know, the enemy is about to attack me, uh, I, I remember God's word that His angels, He gives His angels charge over me. And the Bible is very clear that angels actually keep us, they protect us from all plagues and pestilences. And this is an important time to pray that prayer because there is a plague on the earth. There are, there are pestilences. And so the angels of God are with us to protect us. You can find that scripture, uh, find it for yourself. Go into the Bible, it actually says the angels protect us from plagues and pestilences. It actually names it uh, uh, specifically, plagues and pestilences. So he gives his angels charge over me. Amen. I declare that to the heavenlies. I also declare this prayer that's found in the Bible. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Because the second part says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits, who forgives all our iniquities and heals all our diseases. So I might feel a pain or discomfort in my body, but I declare He has got benefits for me. And it is forgiveness of my sins and healing of all my sicknesses. Amen. i give you one more. My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in your weakness. I, I say this prayer to remind me that it's not me. It is not my strength. You know, it is not by my own righteousness that I will be healed. It is not by my own experience. It is not by my own knowledge. It is not by own, my own righteousness. It is not by, you know, whatever it is. It is not me. It is Him. It is His anointing. His authority. And so I find myself, as I, when I pray this prayer, I remind myself to hide behind the cross to not be arrogant, to not think that you know, it's based on me or whatever that I have that God will answer my prayer. No, God answers our prayer by His mercy and by His grace and because of His Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. So when I say this prayer, I recognize that I'm weak. I recognize that I'm poor. I recognize that I'm frail. I recognize that I'm only but flesh. But He is my healer. Amen. He is my deliverer. He is my provider. And so when I declare that, you know, I declare that into the heavenlies. I declare that into the spiritual realm. I also declare that into my own spirit. And I get reminded of the truth of God's Word. Amen. Now, what should you not talk? Don't talk evil about things or, or people you really don't know. Or you think you know them, but in truth, you don't. You think you know. You only know half-truth. And then you talk about your pastors, you talk about your leaders, you talk about your parents, you talk about other pastors, you talk about churches, you talk down, you talk evil, you, 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 you spread rumours, you gossip. Do not do that, you know. The Bible says that even angels uh, was not, they didn't even dare bring an accusation against uh, the enemy, against Satan, you know. But they said, the Lord rebuke you. It's very important to understand uh, 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 about respect and, and, and authority and boundaries and to know that God hates gossip. You know, God hates that we don't know what we are talking about and we talk as if we know. And David, if we are reminded, he was pursued by Saul and Saul wanted to kill him. But David said, you are not to touch the Lord's anointed. Now, how do you call a person who's after your life anointed? You know, many of us would not be able to do that. And that's why many of us are not like David. And David was a man after God's own heart. So it's very, very important to watch our mouth uh, because God will not hold us guiltless. I remember, you know, there were two criminals, you know, one on each side of Jesus on the cross. And one criminal was reviling and, and, and accusing uh, Jesus. And the other criminal had to rebuke him. And sometimes some of us have to be rebuked, have to re be reminded, stop talking like that, stop talking like that. You know, uh, and, and the word the criminal used was, do you not even fear God? Do you not even fear God that you're talking like this? You know, fear God. 
and watch what we talk, watch what we say, alright? When should you talk? When should you talk? Anytime is a good time to declare God's praise, power and promises, amen? Anytime is a good time. Declare His praise, His power, His promises for they are yes and amen. But especially when you feel pain. Every time I feel pain in my body, it's my alarm. <laughs> it's my cue. I feel pain, I feel discomfort, I feel like something is happening, something's not right. It's my cue to praise the Lord. It's my cue to give thanks. It's my cue to declare the word of the Lord, to talk the talk. Amen. Now, I of course also told you how to speak, uh, how you should speak and I won't go deeper to that but I share with you when I speak to God, I whisper. When I speak to get something done, I speak clearly. When I shout, it's only on emergency. Uh, I don't have time to share that with you uh, but uh, you can get into the past recordings and listen uh, back to all those messages uh, and God bless you as uh, you, um, you know, uh, listen to God's Word. Now, uh, before I go into point uh, number four, uh, I just want us all to remember, okay? I want to seal this point about talking the talk, talking with authority, okay? Um, remember, it all began when God said, let there be light. This whole earth was created because God spoke. Amen. Amen. This whole earth is beautiful because God spoke. There is light because God said, let there be light. And there is life because God said, let there be life. So I want you to understand, we are made in God's image. And there is power in our tongue to speak life or death. So be careful how you speak. I also want you to remember Romans 4.17, that God who gives life to the dead, what does He do? He calls. There you go again, the mouth. He calls those things which do not exist as though they did. You know, sometimes when I feel ill, that's what I do. I say, God, I'm made in your, your image, so I will also do like you do. I will call forth the things which are not as though it were. I will say, if, I, if I, my lungs were not breathing well, I'll say, lungs, you shall breathe well. Lungs, you know, there will be no hindrance in your breathing tract. You know, I will, I will speak into something and call it forth. Even though it was not there, I'll, I'll say, uh, you know, arteries, be clear, be clean, be unobstructed. You know, let there be no, uh, 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 no blockages in my arteries. I will speak, and, and even if there were, I want to speak it for, I want to speak life. Amen? I don't want to use my mouth to confess uh, all the negative things, but I want to speak life. Call forth those things which do not exist as though they did. Amen. Number four, point number four, think the thoughts. Point number three is talk the talk. Number four, think the thoughts. Think the thoughts. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it. Mouth is first. We talked about that in point three. Talk the talk. But the next one is meditate in it day and night. There is power in what we meditate on. You know, I want to ask you a few questions. Question number one, what are you dwelling on, my friend? What are you preoccupied with? What's really bothering you? It's three of the same question, really. If you are close enough to a person, you will know that something is bothering your friend or your family member. Isn't that true? They could be smiling, trying to smile. They, be, they could be trying to just get on with life and trying to, you know, just act like nothing is wrong. But if you were close enough, you will know that something is not right. And sometimes some of you will ask, you know, if you're close enough, you will say, are you sure everything's alright? Because sometimes you can see, you know, they are going about doing their normal things, but their eyes, you know, are sort of like um, stunned. Their, their, their focus is on somewhere else. They they, they are absent-minded in a sense, almost. You know, like like they, they, they make mistakes that they shouldn't make because their mind is not really there. It's like how people say, are you really present? You know, you could be present in your body, but not present. Absent in your mind. You could be somewhere else. And people can see that, you know. I've, I've been there before, you know, uh, and, and my wife will look at me and go like, oh, there's something on his mind. And usually, it's when I prepare for messages. I've got so much on my mind, so much to do, so much to say, and, 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 and I, I still go about doing housework or whatever it is, you know, preparing for this and doing that and, you know, maybe even driving my wife to the supermarket. But my wife knows when I'm preoccupied and I know when she's preoccupied. But it's one thing to be preoccupied with just work. 
It's another thing to be preoccupied and to be bothered with worry and fear and anxiety and negative things and things about the future that brings about hopelessness. You know, it's very, very important to understand that it all begins really with the way we think and that meditation is powerful. Philippians 4.8 says, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, come on now, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Means fill your minds, fill your thoughts, be preoccupied rather with these things. Let these things, if I can use the word, bother you. Not the things of the world, not the things of Satan, not the things of evil. But let these things fill your thoughts and my thoughts. Listen, it's, it's, it all begins with the way we think. Proverbs 23 verse 7 has this to say, For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. You see, friends, a lot of us forget this. That it's very possible that where we are and what we are experiencing now is because we have been thinking and meditating on something that you're not supposed to be thinking about and meditating on for so long and so often. And it could very well be that where you are today, you, you actually thought it through. It was brought about by the way you and I have thought. So the next question I have for you is, could it be that our prayers are finally answered according to what we really think or believe on the inside? You see, some of us, some of us are saying, why are my prayers not answered yet? Maybe the first question we should ask is, what am I thinking? Do I, be, do I really believe it will be answered? Because you see, we could be praying a list of things, but within us, we've got to believe, we've got to think that it's going to be answered. Or maybe it's being answered, your prayer is being answered, but it's being answered in a way that you didn't want it to be answered that way. But could it be that all this time you thought that that would, would be the way? Are you still with me? So you're praying for A, but your mind is thinking B, 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 sure, B one la. You know, B, B, B. But you're saying, hey God, you know, A, A, A. And then your mind goes, no, B, 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 B. And then you say, no, A. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name, A. And then B, B, no, I think B will happen. You know, I ask for life, but death will surely happen. B, B, B. And then when B comes out, don't be surprised. Could it be that our prayers are finally answered according to what we really think or believe on the inside? Listen to this scripture, Ephesians 3.20. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly ab abundantly above all that we ask or think. So God answers according to the riches and richness and greatness of His glory and abundance of His kingdom. He still answers not only according to what we ask, but according to what we think. You see, friends, what we focus, this is what I told you before, what we focus on only gets bigger. And what we consume will ultimately consume us. Do you understand that? What is your mind bothered with? What are you preoccupied with? What are you really thinking about? What are you dwelling on? What are you allowing your mind to meditate on day and night. What's consuming you, my friends? You're asking for one thing, but you're being consumed with another thing. And be careful because what you consume will one day consume you. Psalms 19 verse 14 says, Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. This is my encouragement to all of you listening. Let your meditation, what fills your mind, be acceptable to God. What is acceptable to God? Thoughts of faith, not fear. Thoughts of the Word, not the world. Thoughts of the promises of God, not the problem 
Because the promises of God, they are yes, they are amen. Let our meditation be acceptable to God. I want to share with you a testimony before I finish point four. Last year, sometime in the middle of last year, I was feeling quite ill. And um, I thought maybe I should go and check my blood pressure. So I have a little machine in my house uh, to help me check my pressure. And I put it on, you know, wrapped it around my arm and turned it on. And uh, the first reading, I usually, I usually take about three readings and then get an average. Uh, the first reading almost knocked the wind out of me. It was about 145 over 95. And those of you who know about blood, blood pressure, you know that's high. 145 over 95. And I thought to myself, oh, what's happening? You know, will it go higher? Am I having some problem that needs immediate attention? Uh, am I going to be okay? <laughs> Can I even get up from my bed? Uh, should I walk to my car? Go to the emergency immediately? I don't know. Because some of you might say, oh, 145 is not that bad yet, but you know, it's still high. And I was about to take my second reading and uh, I felt the Holy Spirit speak to me. And this is what he said. He says, Kenneth, before you take the second reading, I want you to feel your thoughts because you see, sometimes when we see a reading or we see a report, how many of you know that many thoughts will start coming into our minds and most of those thoughts will be negative? Oh my word, what's happening? Do I have this? Do I have that? It must be this. It must be that. Will I live? Will I die? Am I going to go, go to the hospital? Do I need to be, you know, going to the emergency room now? You know, and just thoughts that bombard your mind. And it was bombarding my mind. And the Holy Spirit knew it, you see. Some of us think that we can bluff God. We can't bluff God. He knows everything that's happening in and around us. So the Holy Spirit said, Kenneth, I know a lot of thoughts are bombarding your mind and I tell you right now, you will get a similar or worse reading if you allow this tension and stress and anxiety to enter you, you will get a worse reading. So, don't waste your time. Before you take your second reading, I want you to meditate on me. Meditate on Jesus was specifically what he said. But even more specific than that, he said, Kenneth, I want you to meditate this, that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And the Son of God is God. And the Son of God is God. You know, there are many names we give to many gods in this earth. But no one is given this name, the Son of God. No one. And so this name will be the name that will clearly be the difference. And a lot of people are even afraid to say He is the Son of God. And you know, there are other religions who will mock us because we call Him a Son of God. But God in His wisdom allowed that Jesus has this name so that it becomes such an amazing, clear difference to us who believe, and to those who don't believe, it will be like a stumbling block to them. The reason why they will not believe because they cannot see that Jesus is the Son of God. But for those of us who believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that's a title that will make the difference at the end. So I said, Jesus, Son of God, not with my mouth, but in my mind, Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, you are God. Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, you are God. Jesus Christ, Son of the living God. The Son of God is God. And I was meditating around and around. Just that. Jesus is the Son of God. And the Son of God, He is God. Now I took the second reading. And yes, I took the second reading. I was still a little bit nervous. Because I don't know what the result would be. But I just, in my mind, obeyed the Lord. Jesus Christ, Son of the living God. Son of the living God is God. And then the third reading was taken. And then I did an average and it averaged out to this screen and what you will see. 
This was the final average of the three uh, readings and it was 118 over 75. 118 over 75, God did a miracle within me as I was thinking the thoughts. God healed me on the spot. God did something in me even as I meditated on Him. There was no more anxiety. There was no more fear. My heart was not beating fast anymore. I was calm because Jesus filled my thoughts. And this cannot lie, friends. This cannot lie. And I, I wish I was aware enough to take photo of the first three readings. I just remember the first one was crazy. And then the average, I just took out my camera and I took a photo of this because this was a miracle that happened right in front of me. And I learned one thing, to think the thoughts, to meditate on the Word, to meditate on truth, whatever that's praiseworthy, meditate on it because there is power. As you think, so you are. As you think, so you will see. This is the personal BP reading taken on the 22nd of June. And so five days later, I thought to myself, I wonder whether that was a fluke. You know, sometimes uh, when God does a miracle, we say, oh, maybe it's a fluke. Maybe it's coincidence. We do that to ourselves. We do. I don't know why, but we do that to ourselves. And so I did that to myself. I said, oh God, was that just a fluke? Was it, was it my machine? What was it? Or was it a genuine miracle of God for those of us who will meditate on the Lord? Well, on the 27th of June, five days later, I did the same thing. Three readings and averaged it out. And the average was this. 27 June 2020, 119 over 68. 119 over 68, my friends, five days after the first reading in the, uh, on the 22nd of June. Now, I just recently did a quick research about what kind of reading is this. I know it's a good reading, I know it's a healthy reading, but what kind of reading it, it, it is. And you know what my research found? My research found that this is the reading of a person under the age of 20. Joy, under the age of 20. And Joy, you know how old I am. Huh? I'm 50 going on 51. And God can restore. God can replenish. God can heal. God, you know, it's amazing what God can do. Really, seriously, you don't know what's happening on the inside. But God can make it brand new. Give you a brand new heart. Give you brand new lungs in Jesus' name. Amen. Maybe I'm prophesying to somebody right now. Give you a brand new liver. Give you brand new whatever that you need. Even a brain. Yes, for those of you stroke victims, may the Lord give you a brand new brain in Jesus' name. God can do it. Do you believe it? It's not a fluke. It's not by chance. It's because we choose to think the thoughts of God. And again, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Amen. Praise the Lord. I love how Matthew 8.29, remember when I gave it to you on the first Sunday, uh, when I started on the eight points, you know, I talked about how uh, the enemy wants to torment us and how we also can torment the enemy. You know, Matthew 8, 29 says, And suddenly they cried out saying, What have we to do with you, Jesus, you Son of God? Have you come here to torment us before the time? You know, I love the fact that even the demons called Jesus the Son of God. It's a very powerful thing if you can just meditate on the Son. Meditate on Jesus, the Son of God, who is truly God. Praise the Lord. Amen. I pray for good health for all of you. Next time, you know, you take your blood pressure, try it. What's the harm? You know, what can you lose? You know, if it's going to be high, it's going to be high. It's going to be, if it's going to be low, it's going to be low. If you have to take your medication, please take your medication. In fact, we should thank God for medication. God uses medication also to help us, heal us. You know, so don't, don't reject medication. If that's what God's will is, you know, take that. Remember, I told you not everything is spiritual. I told you this in the first 13 points, the first batch of 13 points. I told you at the last point, not everything is spiritual. You know, and, and God does give us you know, wisdom and discipline you know, and ways uh, uh, where He gives wisdom to scientists and doctors you know, to help us with our ailments and, and medication that we need to take. And we take it by faith uh, and knowing that God will use it to bless us. Uh, so don't worry about it. Uh, you know, do what you need to do. Don't just throw away your medication and say, oh, pastor told me just to meditate on Jesus Christ is the Son of God. No, I didn't tell you that. I just, I just told you that what you meditate on is very powerful. It can even make your situation worse, you know. And then, and then after a while, you find that even your medication is not working anymore because your thoughts are killing you. 
So don't let your, your thoughts kill you. Come on, praise the Lord. Now let me cover the next point. It is quite a big point. It's an important point. It's point number five and it's called tongues. That's right, tongues. 1 Corinthians 14.4 says, He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. See friends, there's not many scripture in the Bible that says that. That we can do something and edify ourselves. The word edify means to build up. Another word is to strengthen. And you don't find many scriptures like that. You can search it for yourself. There's, there, there are not many uh, scriptures that will say, if you do this, you will edify yourself. You will build up yourself. You will strengthen yourself. So if you're feeling weak inside, maybe your, your lungs are feeling a bit weak. You're not breathing properly. Maybe you have asthma. Maybe it's your, 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 your kidneys. Maybe it's your heart. Maybe it's your, 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 your mind, your brain. You know, you have migraine. Uh, there's not many um, uh, solutions for the inside. And there are not many promises that says, if you do this, you will edify. You will do something that will build you up, that will strengthen you. All right? So this is a promise that if we speak in a tongue, something will happen on the inside. There will be a building. There will be a miracle of strengthening. There will be an edification. There will be an edifying. Alright? I want to say to you uh, a quick testimony again. I was healed just by speaking in tongues uh, last March. You know, last March, the pandemic in Malaysia, COVID-19, was still very new. But we heard about it. And uh, we heard about the symptoms. We read about it. And one night, I remember going to sleep feeling feverish. I was not well. And I was nervous. And uh, my body started to have a chill. And what happened was, uh, as I tried to go to sleep, I couldn't sleep. As the hours went by, I got more and more ill. And as I got more and more ill, you know, all the symptoms of COVID-19 were there. And I felt like I couldn't breathe as well. Uh, and uh, with that came anxiety, uh, not so much for COVID-19 only, but I had, I had anxiety because it was just a week or two before that that we celebrated the 20th anniversary of X Church and more than a thousand people came to celebrate that. Uh, and that was just the beginning of COVID-19. And we prayed and prayed, of course, prayed and prayed, of course. And we felt the Lord telling us, do it because you're doing it by faith and I, I will be with you. But you know, when this happened to me just a week or two after the anniversary celebration, you could, have, you could have imagine what went through my mind. And the more tormenting thing, and I use that word, uh, uh, you know, uh, not loosely, I, I, I use that word because that's what I felt. I felt tormented by the thought that I, if I really had COVID-19, how many people did I infect? And those of you who've ever had close calls, or maybe you had COVID-19 before, you know what I'm saying. You're just totally bothered, not just bothered, but tormented by the thought of how many people have you inconvenienced? How many people have you, you know, infected? How many lives? How many children? How many families? Because they would have gone back home and how about their parents? And I couldn't live with myself. I, I was so anxious and I was so afraid and I was so nervous, friends. You must understand. And that's why I understand a little bit about what patients go through or what even people who, you know, are going through a test and they are, you know, they are, a doctor told us, right, a doctor from this church, that when she meets people who are coming for a test, they actually shiver in front of her because they are so scared, not only that they will be uh, uh, diagnosed and uh, proclaimed to be COVID-19 positive, but how many people would they have touched and inconvenience and maybe even caused their death, you know. So really, I was tormented. And then the Holy Spirit woke me up and I think it was about 3 o'clock in the morning. You know, I was still ill, feeling so ill. And sometimes, because our mind is filled with all these thoughts, we feel even worse. Because again, what we think is what we are. And, 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 and so the Holy Spirit said, get up and go to your prayer room. And I said, Lord, I, I, I don't even know what to pray because I was so afraid. And sometimes your words fail you. And I'm thinking to myself, I don't even know the English words. You know, I don't know what to say. And the Lord said, I didn't, didn't I give you a gift? Didn't I give you a gift, God said to me. It's a gift of tongues. Use it. Use it. And I tell you what, I started to pray in tongues. And I had tears streaming down my face. 
because I was still worried. I was still nervous, anxious, scared. I felt guilty. And I prayed. I prayed like tongues was all I had. And I prayed. Five minutes went on to 10, 10 to 15. 15 minutes became 30 minutes. And I believe I went all the way to 45 minutes. And the only reason why I stopped, my friends, the only reason why I stopped, now listen to me, was because I actually did not feel ill anymore. I didn't even realize that. I didn't even know when the fever left. I didn't even know when, you know, uh, uh, all the different things, you know, the sore throat left. I did, I, because I didn't realize. I was just praying and praying desperately in tongues. And I only stopped because when I, when I, when I realized my fever is no more. My sore throat is gone. You know, uh, uh, I, I don't have that cough anymore. I don't have that chill anymore. And I realized God healed me. He healed me. 45 minutes in His presence saying nothing but tongues. Praying in the language of the Holy Spirit, I was healed. Now again, I'm telling you, as I told you on the first Sunday, many of you will hear some of these tes tes testimonies and go like, are you sure? Well, it's my story and I'm telling you, believe it if you want to, don't believe it if you don't want to. But I'm saying to you, what's the harm of trying? It's a gift of God. You see, many cures, listen now, are for the external. Medication from the outside in. From the outside in. But very few are for the internal, from the inside out. How many of that do you see here in the Bible? Well, a lot. Thanksgiving, praise, and now tongues. It's really from the inside out. The Bible says, a merry heart doeth good as a medicine. You see, most, if not all medicine that you know in this world is from the outside. Come on, in. And even if they are treating you for cancer, what are they, what are they doing? They are giving you something from the outside in. But how many of us know that we also have got the inside out kind of medicine? That's right. And many problems are actually on the, come on, inside. So you need a strategy and a solution for the inside out. And there are not many that this world offers you. In fact, close to none. But the Word of God offers us time and time again answers and solutions from the inside out. Those who speak in tongues will edify them Selves. Are you all still with me? You say, are you sure, pastor? Are you sure that the, that the spirit of a man is so important? That what happens inside is so important? Yes. Read with me Proverbs 18.14. Proverbs 18.14 says, the spirit of a man will sustain him in sickness. Did you know that? But who can bear a broken spirit? So even if you're getting the best treatment, you're paying hundreds of thousands for that cancer treatment, but if your spirit is broken, there's a high chance you will not be healed. There's a high chance you will not recover. There's a high chance you will not improve because who can bear a broken spirit? So you might get all the help you need on the external, but no help on the internal. So the Bible says the internal is the spirit of the man. And if a spirit of a man is good, the whole body would be good. It's the spirit of a man that will sustain him in sickness. How important is that, people? How important is that? And what is tongues anyway? What is tongues? When we speak in tongues, you know, we edify our, our inner man, we edify our spirit, and when our spirit is good and strong, our whole body is capable to be uh, strong. But what is tongues, right? Besides edifying ourselves. Well, 1 Corinthians 14 verse 2 says, he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. It's, it's, it's our direct prayer language, people. Our direct prayer language with God. That's right. God gave us this gift so that we can have a direct prayer language even bypassing the mind. Because the mind sometimes is really the, what's the word? The culprit. I, I already touched on think the thoughts. But if you cannot, for some reason, take hold and take captive of your thoughts and give it to Christ, then at least you have something that actually makes no sense to the world, does not even need your mind to comprehend. You just begin to open your mouth and let tongues flow. And let those tongues and those, uh, those prayer languages go up to the Lord directly and let God hear 
directly through tongues. Are you all still with me? What else do I think about tongues? Besides it being something that will edify you and me, besides that which is speaking directly with God, a language that God understands and that's all that's needed. God understands. Even though every other language fails you, tongues doesn't fail you. What else? What else is there? What, what do I think? Now, none of us can really say, unless you have the interpretation, the gift of interpretation of tongues, none of us can say what we are saying when we are speaking in tongues because it's directly to God, it's not to men. But I think I have a clue. I have a clue, I think, of what we are saying when we are speaking in tongues. Now, again, I don't have a clue what you're saying exactly. I don't know what you're saying. I don't know what I'm saying when I'm speaking in tongues. It bypasses the understanding of the mind. goes straight to God. But I have a clue what we could be saying. And I'll give you two scriptures to back it up. Acts 2.11 We hear them speaking in our own tongues the wonderful works of God. The wonderful works of God. So I believe that when I'm speaking in tongues, I'm actually praising God. Amen. I'm actually lifting the wonderful works of God. I'm magnifying God. I'm worshipping God. I am glorifying God when I speak in tongues. And there you go again. If it's really true, that tongues is speaking about the wonderful things of God, magnifying God, then remember the power of thanksgiving and praise. That's the first point in our eight points. The first point is the power of thanksgiving. Enter His gates with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise. Remember, Judah as a tribe went out first in the time of war. God said, send Judah out first. And what is Judah? Judah just means praise. And when praise went out first, God fought for Israel. And I want you to believe that when we go out in thanksgiving and praise, no matter how we feel in our bodies, our body is weak, but He is strong. We are poor, but He is rich. We can do nothing, but He can do all things. And we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Amen. So I want you to know that praise is powerful. No matter how we feel, just keep praising Him. And when we don't have the English words or Mandarin words or Bahasa words, well, use tongues. It is a gift of God. How about the second scripture? Acts 10, 46. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Wow. They heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. There you go. Two scriptures that tell me that when I'm speaking in tongues, God is glorified. God is magnified. The wonderful works of God is being made mention. So the earth is hearing it. The spiritual realm is hearing it. The heavens are hearing it. God, most importantly, is hearing it directly from our mouths. We might be down. You know, sometimes we are so sick that we are so tired. In fact, some of us are so tired that uh, we can't even lift up our heads to pray. I've been there before, you know. I had pneumonia once. And in seven weeks, I lost 12 kilograms. Pneumonia. Almost took my life. One, one day, I had to even crawl back to my bed because the antibiotics were so strong. It was, just, it was not just killing all the bacteria in my lungs. It was killing me. And I don't know how many of you know, but one side of my lungs is collapsed. I have a collapsed lung because of that pneumonia many, many years ago. And I tell you what, I understand what it means that you're just on your bed, sweat is streaming down your face and you have you cold sweat and your face is, is so pale, it's white now. And, 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 and you think about all these things that you're being taught and you can't even, you can't even say anything. You can't even think of an English word. Yeah, oh, you can't even breathe properly. And what do you do? In those times, I tell you what, only God needs to hear it, you see. I don't even have to raise my voice. But in my breath, I just go, Almost dying. But still have breath. And instead of using that breath 
for negative words, instead of using my mind for negative, negative thoughts, under my breath, with only God who can hear me whisper, I speak in tongues because I magnify God and a praise is lifted up to my Saviour and my Healer. I thank my God, says Paul in 1 Corinthians 14, 18. I thank my God I speak with tongues more than you all. Wow. This is either a factual statement or a very arrogant statement. I don't know whether I can go around uh, telling my, my, my church partners and leaders, uh, I speak in tongues more than you all. How do I know? Well, first of all, I think uh, maybe Paul did know because Paul was probably so close to his disciples. He spent time day and night with them. He probably knew, you know, that, yeah, I do speak in tongues more than you all. But secondly, I think, even if he didn't really know, he probably knew only because he really, 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 really spoke a lot in tongues. He spoke so much in tongues that he knew for a fact that he was speaking more in tongues than anybody else around him. Now, this is Paul the Apostle. Why do we only uh, like to listen to all the other things that Paul teaches, uh, but not the teaching on tongues? Paul is saying, I myself speak in tongues more than you all. Could this be, friends, listen to me, could this be one of Paul's greatest secrets? And yet I know of many Christians who are embarrassed because they think it's foolish. They think they look stupid. They say, I can't understand it. Well, first of all, the Bible already says you can't understand it. But it's a gift of God. But we use it so seldom. But let me move on. I want to tell you this as I draw to a close. It's not really the tongues that's magical. It's not really the tongues itself that's powerful. It's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one who prays with us, through us. It's the language of the Holy Spirit. Friends, it's not just tongues. You know, every time I pray in tongues, something happens. The one thing that happens is that I remember the Holy Spirit. You know, it's very easy to forget the Holy Spirit and that's why many years ago we heard a preacher say, that the Holy Spirit is the loneliest person on the earth. Because while He was given to us by God to be our helper, to be our comforter, to be our teacher, we very rarely think about Him. We think about the Father, the Son, we pray to the Father, we pray in the name of Jesus. But if you're honest, on a daily basis, very rarely we talk to the Holy Spirit. Very rarely we think about the Holy Spirit. Very rarely we depend on the Holy Spirit. We depend on the Son, we depend on the Father, but very rarely Come on, be honest now. When was the last time you talked to Him? When was the last time you talked about Him? When was the last time you fellowship with Him? You see, the Holy Spirit is a healing spirit. He is a deliverance spirit. And Luke 4.18 says that. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. That is the Holy Spirit. That's what He wants to do. He wants to heal. He wants to deliver. He is a healing spirit. So when the Holy Spirit is engaged, when the Holy Spirit is dependent on, when the Holy Spirit is asked for help, when the Holy Spirit is who we are fellowshipping with, then you can expect healing to happen. You see, yes, it happens in Jesus' name, but who do you think does it? You see, if you read back Genesis, God said, let there be light, right? But before that, it says that the Holy Spirit was already hovering over the face of the earth. Why do you think the Holy Spirit was hovering over the face of the earth? Because He was waiting for God the Father to command. And as soon as God the Father released the word from His mouth, the Holy Spirit created. And then the, 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 the Father released another word and the Holy Spirit created. And then the Father released another word, let there be, you know, the heavens were created. The Holy Spirit created. The, 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 the Father said, uh, no, let there be sun and moon and stars. The Holy Spirit created. So God the Father will speak from heaven, but who do you think on earth makes it happen? So that's why God tells us to fellowship with the Holy Spirit. See that word, uh, fellowship and communion, that's another a way we say fellowship, communion. The word fellowship and communion uh, is not very often used for Jesus and the Father. He, he doesn't say commune with the Father or have communion with the Son or have fellowship with the Son, have fellowship with the Father. Usually, 
and more often is used for the Holy Spirit. And that's what God really wants us to do here on earth because it is the Holy Spirit that makes things happen in Jesus' name and for the glory of the Father. Are you all still with me? So it's very important that when you and I speak in tongues, you and I draw closer to the Holy Spirit. We feel His presence. We remember Him. We think about Him. Tongues itself might, might not be magical, but tongues make us aware of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. It is the communion with the Holy Spirit. You see, when we activate tongues, we engage the Holy Spirit. I want to talk to you before we close about the value of dry bones. And because I don't have time anymore, except for another five minutes or seven minutes, Ezekiel 37, 1-10, read it on your own. But God spoke to Ezekiel when Ezekiel saw a valley of dry bones. He said, Ezekiel, can these bones live? And Ezekiel said, yes, you know God, you know if they can live or not. And God asked Ezekiel to do two things. I don't know whether you remember, two things. The first was to prophesy that these bones would live. And Ezekiel did exactly what God told him. And Ezekiel prophesied. And when he prophesied, Ezekiel said, with my very own eyes, I saw the bones coming together. There was a great rattling and the bones found each other and sinews and muscles and skin began to form. Hallelujah! What a miracle! I pray that the church will be like this great army that we, we shall prophesy over and the church shall also be formed. Strong, like a great army. But I don't want you to forget that that was not the end of the story. Ezekiel saw that this great army was formed, but that there was no life in them. So God said to Ezekiel, Ezekiel, do this. Prophesy breath to this army. Because while they have the form, they do not yet have the power. And I pray that our churches won't be like that, friends. I pray that our churches won't just have a form of godliness, a form of churchiness, a form of our worship being in the right place, you know, our preaching having the right order and all this form, but deny its power. Because there stood before Ezekiel was a great army. And the church can be like that great army, but there was no breath. And how many of you know that breath comes from the Holy Spirit? And God said to Ezekiel, prophesy now to the winds, the four corners, and call forth breath. Can I speak to you right now, church? Breath. Breath to all my leaders, to all my partners, to all in X church and all those watching to you. Uh, to you, I prophesy. The Spirit of God is the breath of God. And the Spirit of God came, the breath of God came upon that army and great was that army. And I pray that great will be the army of X Church. And great will be your army if, if you are a pastor watching from another church. Great will be your army, but let it not just be the form. You can have the form, the next slide says, but not the power. And where does the scripture come from? 2 Timothy 3.5 Having a form of godliness but denying its power. These will be the last days. What will happen has been prophesied in the Bible. In the last days, the Christians and the church will have a form of godliness but deny its power. Where does our power come from? Well, Acts 1.8 says, we shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon us. Power comes from the Holy Spirit. That word power in the, in the Greek is the word dunamis. Dunamis is the Greek word for the word power. And in the English word, we get the word dynamite or dynamo from that word dunamis. Hallelujah! How many of you can say amen that we have dynamite inside of us waiting to do great and mighty things. We have dynamite, we have dunamis, we have dynamo. You know how dynamo is on uh, your bicycle? 
Those of you who used to cycle and there'd be a dynamo on the front uh, a wheel and only when you cycle, the dynamo moves and the faster it moves, the light comes forth. We are also called as Christians to shine that light. And, and, and what brings forth that light is the dynamo, the dynamite, the dunamis within us. He has been sent to us by God so that He can help us to live the Christian life. And without the Holy Spirit, we are just a form. But God wants to breathe upon us. And yet, even though there's a dunamis potential, even though there's a dynamite within all of us, it doesn't go off by itself. Have you ever seen a dynamite go off by itself? It's never the case. You have to have a detonator. Somebody has, been, has to be holding that detonator and to detonate that dynamite. Somebody has to do the work. Or maybe it's a timer. The timer will set it off. But the dynamite doesn't go off by itself. You know that. The dynamo doesn't churn power by itself. You've got to cycle. You've got to work. It takes faith, what I'm saying. It takes faith, people. And faith without works is dead. The dunamis power within us is so powerful, but without works, without faith, faith and works bring forth life and brings forth the light. Come on, people. Tongues do that. You are doing a, a, a stirring within you like that, that, that front wheel of your bicycle churning and turning and, 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 and causing that dynamo to come alive. And the more you speak in tongues and I did it for 45 minutes and God did a miracle in my life, try it. Try it. Because it's not just tongues, it's the Holy Spirit. Now listen very carefully as I draw to a close. Those who have the gift of tongues, oh, and it's a precious gift. But those of us who have it but refuse to use it, we are in danger of grieving the Holy Spirit. Please don't make the Holy Spirit sad. You know, James 4.17 says, Therefore to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. Christians, listen to me now. I know there's, there's a lot of argument about tongues. I pray that the arguments stop because it's not about tongues. It's about the Holy Spirit. About, it's about the gift of God. It's about the power of dunamis, dynamo and dynamite that needs to be worked out by faith. Come on, people. Zechariah 4.6, as I close. So he answered and said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit. By my spirit, say the Lord. For through him we both have access by one spirit, says Ephesians chapter 2, verse 18. I underline the word by, because it's really by the spirit, friends. Come on, Christians, listen. Don't just have the form, it's by the spirit. And he has given us tongues to be able to remind us day in, day out. You know, many of us, before we even pray in Acts church, we pray in tongues first. We remind ourselves, you know, without the Holy Spirit, this won't happen. I pray in the Spirit, you know, long before I do this service, long before I speak, I pray in tongues as much as I can at home. And here, uh, while I'm worshipping, I pray in tongues. I remind myself, it's not by might, not by power, but by my Spirit. Listen, friends, the Lord taught me three things. It's through the Son. Yes, that's right. It's always through Jesus. But it's by the Spirit and it's for the Father. Listen, a lot of us just go through the Son and for the Father, and then we bypass, you know. Instead of by the Spirit, we bypass the Spirit. Don't do that. The Spirit of God is the power of God for the church. Hallelujah. The more we learn that, the faster we learn that, the better, the bigger, the brighter, the more powerful our church will be. As I close, Galatians 5.25, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. That means have fellowship with the Spirit. That means be close to the Spirit. Try tongues, I'm telling you right now. And those of you who have not been baptized yet uh, with the gift of tongues, pray, earnestly desire, want it, and God will give it to you, I believe. I, I believe with all my heart, God will give you because the Bible also says, right, you know, those of you who are evil can give good things to your children when they ask. How much more will the Father not give you the what? The Holy Spirit. He knows, our Father knows, we need the Spirit. And with the Spirit also comes the gift of tongues. And I pray that all of us will have it. And I tell you what, again, I want to say very clearly, it's not the tongues that does the magic. It's the Holy Spirit. But every time we pray in tongues, our focus is on Him. And we know it's by the Spirit, through the Son, for the Father, but always, always, 
by the Spirit. When we speak, you know who creates? The Spirit. When we say cancer, be gone. You know who does that? The Spirit goes forth and removes cancer. When we say be healed, you know who does it? Yes, it's in the name of Jesus. I understand that. I understand it's in the name of Jesus. It's through the Son. But by, it's always by the Holy. Who do you think does it? Who do you think goes forth with this declaration and goes into your room, into your house and does what God's Word says? It's been from the beginning in Genesis. It's the same unto today. He is our helper. He is our comforter. He is our teacher. He is God, the Holy Spirit, and we must learn to walk with Him. Last point, and then I'll call Joy up to close the meeting. Remember, X Church, we are called X. When someone asks you about X, please point them to the book of X, because that is my inspiration. My inspiration of Acts and giving this church the name Acts 21 years ago, my inspiration comes from the book of Acts. I want to be like that. That's my vision. That's my mission. And many of the people who have read the book of Acts call it the Acts of the Apostles. But through the years, they have been corrected. It is not the Acts of the Apostles. The book of Acts is really the Acts of the Holy Spirit. And because we are called Acts, I pray that will be our DNA and that will be our testimony. We will be a Spirit-led church, a Spirit-empowered church, a tongue-speaking church, a miracle-working church, not by might, not by power, but by my Spirit, saith the Lord. The Lord bless you. The Lord encourage you. Even in your dullest moment, where you are feeling so down and depressed, you can at least afford to utter tongues, speak in tongues. Let the enemy never rob you of that because with that comes the alertness, the awareness, the sensitivity, the fellowship, the communion and the walking with the Spirit. Speak in tongues. First point, remember, is the power of thanksgiving. Second point, take authority. Third point, talk the talk. Fourth point, think the thoughts. Fifth and last point for today is tongues. And may the Lord bless you. Amen. If you've been touched by today's message and would like to invite Jesus into your life, why don't you join me in saying this prayer? Lord Jesus, thank you for paying the ultimate price for my sins by dying on the cross for me. I receive your love and forgiveness and eternal life by faith. Come into my heart and life and be my Lord and my Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in today. We hope that you've been blessed by today's message. For more information about Acts, you can check out www.actschurch.uk. God bless.